I'm Ron McCallum, director of Nintendo Quest, and you're listening to your game source. What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, they, they insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line, it's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Uh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. But oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No. no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh, my God. God, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Oh, we're live. We are live. This is a lot easier. We've gone through many times before, with especially with one of the great pleasures in life is always seeing Nick squirm while he's uh, trying to get something on the air and whole podcasts and whole hours wasted because of it. But we're here now. The wonders of technology. We're almost catching up to the twenty, the twenty-first century. Actually, it's Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, and I'm here with two great staff members here with me tonight, talking the Game Source Podcast number one hundred seven. It's first off. <laughs> you look so happy. Here. Uh, happy. This is Aaron OSU Water Polo here to annoy Gerald as much as possible. And you do a fine job at that, sir. And we also have I just want to make sure everybody knows we have a great guest again, one of our one of our awesome staff, new staff newest staff members, it's Adam. Hooray. Yep, I'm Adam Kraft and I'm here to talk, I guess. Uh, sorry for my giddiness. When when we have problems of a technical nature, it usually lasts for ninety minutes to three hours. So uh, anything under that is uh, is a good st- is a step in the right direction for us. But uh, this one only lasted twenty seven minutes. Yeah. Low for us. Yes. Yeah, so if if you're uh, joining us uh, now uh, on our live Google Hangouts uh, podcast, we appreciate you coming in. Uh, if you are listening. To this as a recorded, either via our YouTube page or uh, listening to it on MP3, please, as always, welcome. Um, again, we're Game Source, better known as www.yourgamesource.com. Uh, Game Source on Facebook, please like us because we get really lonely sometimes. And uh, of course, also, you can follow us on the Twitter, the Twitter at Game Source. So, uh, guys. Uh, I think I'll start off this evening. Um, it's you know almost almost to the day, 30 days ago, when uh, the world was supposedly should have been put on as a different axis with the release of Destiny, 
And and yes, I'm I'm kind of mocking in my tone as regarding the the actual eventuality of what Destiny has become um, for good and bad reasons. Uh, guys, I, I know there's a lot people have said about Destiny. I will say this. Whether you think it's fair or not fair out there, people, it is probably, in my opinion, in all my years of covering the video game scene, the most scrutinized video game title ever. And and if you can find one that's been more scrutinized than that, uh, than Destiny, then uh, please inform me because I don't think there ever has been. Um, every single detail from before the game to, to you know, as the game got released, the alpha, uh, and then also as once the game got released, you know, so much scrutiny has, has been taken, you know, as far as from bugs to, to loot caves to <laughs> raids to DLC to this leaking and that leaking and these firings and, and these disappointments and these highs and these lows and these sales. Uh, ultimately, guys, I throw the question out to you, and I'm going to start off with you, Adam. What do you think uh, in the first 30 days the legacy has been for Destiny? That's a great question and one I probably don't have an answer to. Um, it's not really my type of game, uh, aside from just hearing random bits and pieces about it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really follow it too much. Um, yeah, it's, it's been hyped up. It's understandable. Um, but yeah, I can't really comment on, on much else because I haven't played the game or anything like that. And Well, actually, that's, that, that in a nutshell is right there part of the issue because you're an avid gamer like myself and uh, did you get a chance to even get into the alpha or the beta uh, beforehand? Just something that didn't interest me so I never tried. Um, and that's again that's 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 another issue with that because Activision and and Bungie you know collaborating on this it, uh, it should have been a slam dunk it should have been a home run whatever vernacular you want to use. Um, it, it just really <laughs> Has disappointed. I just don't see that? I, I I never thought the game was going to do as well as everybody thought it was, because at its core, it's an MMO shooter. Shooter fans live and die in a two-week period. They they play their game for two weeks, and then the next big shooter comes out, and they grab that, or they got bored of it. And it's also the same way in the MMO space. So. I never understood how anybody ever thought this game was going to do as amazing as they thought it did was going to. I mean, yes, it's got all sorts of amazing features. It's got amazing graphics and whatnot. But other than World of Warcraft, maybe Guild Wars, you know, some of the free-to-plays, there really have not been very many games that have lasted more than you know, the launch period. They, they come out, you know, and then they go basically, yeah, this doesn't have a subscription, but it, they, they, they basically go to a free-to-play model where you have to buy the DLC. Well, they started out at that. They didn't even have the, you know, the ability to downsize. I mean, they, they already started at the, what most MMO gamers call second-tier MMOs. You know, at the free-to-play model. I mean, yes, you have to buy the game originally, even in, in 
most of the free-to-play games, but you, you know, the, the, there's no patches, there's no decent patches. The, the expansions are coming. A, a lot of it's going to DLC from what I hear. It just, I never thought this game was going to do, you know, the, the 10 million players that they wanted it to do. And being able to consistently have those 10 million players. So, I just never was thrilled with the idea behind the game. 500 million for an MMO is, is useless to me because it just has no chance of being amazing. Well, with uh, that being said, I just have uh, concerns and reservations about the game as a whole leading into it. Um, I had played over, like I said before, over 10 hours of the of the beta, um, and while it was a definitive um, improvement over the alpha, I had stated that for me, even as a hardcore gamer, as someone who has you know played extensively the Halo franchise, it just didn't connect with me on something that I had to have. Um, seeing its release and and uh, observing and playing actually a few hours of it and observing many more hours, I've come to could realize, you know, the game itself, once you get to a certain level, is actually truly functional, uh, a truly teamwork-based, enjoyable, great time. But the problem is to get there, that's the issue. Um, and the grinding and the farming that's necessarily uh, necessary to to advance in that series uh, makes it quite uh, almost disappointing uh, because the story that you're trying that's trying to lead you through this is uh, really you know has has been a letdown. I think is probably the biggest part of why Destiny, even after such a hot start, is uh, ultimately um, at this point, unless it's had some. Uh, a whole drastic change here and there as far as the functionality of it um, is not going to meet uh, up to Activision standards or expectations is because that story itself is very weak and, and does not drive the player forward and does not want, it, you know, unless you're really, really committed to the actual gameplay itself, uh, is, is not going to allow for the player to, to stay interested and stay vested um, until you get to the point where it does become really exciting for the player to to you know get involved with the game because some of those raids and and some of the 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 group um, how should I say the co-op uh, play and things of that nature those are really really exciting once you get to a much higher level I was watching the the raid with the with the vault glass the the latest DLC that, uh, that was added um, and it, it was truly an impressive sight to see six, uh, I think it was six uh, individuals, I think either 28, 29, or level 30 themselves, all high-ranking, uh, working as a cohesive unit as wave after wave of enemies that were, you know, 29, third level 30 and beyond, you know, were just throwing everything at them and, and giving them a legitimately hard time, giving them a nonstop, continuous action, without a break, which is absolutely what you want as a player, that adrenaline rush. But the problem is to get there, you need to go through such a substantial amount of crap, for lack of a better word, 
um, it's it's truly for most players they will never even see uh, remotely that those options. So that's how most MMOs are, though. I mean, you know, World of Warcraft, even in vanilla, you had to go one to sixty, and then do dungeons before you got into um, raids. And you know, now with Warlords of Draenor coming out in just over a month, you know, you're gonna have to go one to a hundred. To, before you ever see that end game content, and the end game content completely changes the game. Most reviewers for for Destiny and most individual players, you know, their attention span. It's a shooter game on paper. That's what they're kind of putting it out there as is a, is a shooter game. They're trying to get all the COD, the Halo, the Battlefield, um, Counter Strike fans to play the game. The problem is. It has too many MMO mechanics for that genre, which has a very short attention span when it comes to shooters. I'm not trying to say shooter fans have a short attention span. I'm saying they have a short attention span when it comes to shooters. And so, you know, they're never going to hit, I believe, level 20 is where Endgame starts in Destiny. They're never going to hit that level 20 to start, you know, gearing up you know, the process and doing things like that, um, it's extremely hard to gear up in that game, which is why people, you know, found the loot cave, and every time you joined a game, everybody shoot the cave, shoot the cave, and you'd shoot the cave to get gear, and you weren't actually playing the game. So that shortens their attention span even more, even if they manage to make it there, because they're, I mean, where's the fun in shooting a cave? Um, you know, Warcraft has had that problem where there's the, the content isn't fun for new players, or and so they made it too easy, and now the hardcore players got upset, and so they have added, you know, like challenge modes and things like that where it's you know insanely hard to do on a timer, um, things like that. And I, I I would like. The closest game to Destiny for me is um, Borderlands, and I would never want to see that as an MMO. You know, it's a very loot-driven game, and, and four players. But the game is doesn't nice. roll as, but the game doesn't roll as fluidly as Borderlands, which I think uh, to many well, is part yeah. of the problem. Yeah, if you're gonna go ahead and put yourself out there as a shooter MMO, minimum it has to be as good as Borderlands One minimum before people are really going to invest into it. Um, you know, it also has to be a great MMO, which it's not. It's a terrible MMO because the grind to 20 isn't something people want to do in a shooter. You know, it's let me just stand here and shoot this guy over and over. Most shooter fans want to get in on the action immediately and go from there. And To me, like I said, I never saw this game selling what they expected it to do. I mean, I'm sure it'll be profitable based on the initial sales, but I don't see a tenth of the people staying in the game after... By the end of Christmas, I don't see a tenth of the people being still playing that game. So it'll either Adam? be collecting dust or traded in. And that's okay. a problem for an MMO. I mean... But that, no doubt. WoW's cut down like 40% from its max, and people are saying it's failing, and that's at 
when it's going to be cut 90% in Destiny, uh, it's, it's going to be over, and I don't see anybody investing in a second one. Or at least not the same style of game. No, no, and I, I don't think... Uh, well, that's what I wanted to actually ask Adam. Is there anything that you think that uh, Activision and Bungie can do to spice up Destiny, which would make it enticing to someone such as yourself who has yet to play the game? Mm, that's that's a bit of a hard thing to say. Um, it 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 kind of really combines two of the genres that I don't really I don't really enjoy. I'm not a I'm not a shooter fan and I'm not an MOL fan. So it's got for me for for someone like me it's got a it's got a, a steep cliff or a steep you know climb to to even begin to entice me. Um, <sighs> It's it's hard to to say what they could or couldn't do to to try and bring me in simply because it's 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 starting off so far away that it's you know never something I would consider in the first place. So in some regards, I don't think there there really is anything they could do, at least in my case, uh, to to try and entice me to play it. Um, and that's just you know it's just how I am. Those aren't the type of games that I play. So. I have I have no interest in in playing those types of games. No matter pretty much no matter what they try and do to entice you to play them. Fair enough. Fair enough. So well, that's uh, well. I guess that that uh, doesn't bode well for Activision uh, and Destiny um, as a whole. And uh, like I said, unless there's some really drastic changes made to the actual foundation. A lot of people are going to stick, keep their interest on, um, but something that, that there may be some eyes on and may or may not have some you know mass market in, uh, interest in is a survival horror genre. With uh, whether you liked it or not liking it, there's a kind of a revival in the past couple of years uh, with survival horror. Uh, people seem to you know as far as publishers and developers seem to want to recapture the magic from, from many years ago, from Resident Evil and things of that nature. Um, there's a lot of new titles uh, that are either here or on their way uh, that we've either looked at, reviewed, or got a chance to uh, take a glimpse into, uh, especially with Alien Isolation coming out this week. Um, and you have also as well uh, Daylight, which we covered uh, earlier this year, and um, there's the Evil Within coming out the next week after that, and then Resident Evil is going to be rebooted. Um, actually, Resident Evil Revelations as well. Um, there's Until Dawn that's coming out. That's, that's also going to be like the teen flick that you can choose your own path, whether they die or whether they live, um, and things of that nature. And I want to ask you guys something right now. Uh, with all this re-emphasis on the survival horror genre, do you see it as becoming a, uh, a staple again of the video game industry, and do you see it something becoming more than just a niche market uh, for that for that uh, part of the industry? Iron, I'll start with you first. No, I don't. I, I never even in its biggest heyday, I never saw it as a genre that people cared about. Um, I mean, yeah, Resident Evil came, and people were, you know, people pre-ordered that in mass and bought it, and it did really, really well. 
Silent Hill kind of did okay. I mean, I'm sure it did great for, for the budget and things like that, but I never saw it as a, as a top-tier AAA title, really. Maybe maybe in a, a double-A, but just closer to just a, a big title, really, than, than anything. Um, you know, there was Fear and some of those other games that came out back when they were big, and they just never they never hit as well as they could have. A lot of them tried to be two genres at once, you know, um, more, more shooter with horror elements than a horror with shooter elements, and I think that a lot of those games now are, you know, something with horror elements more than horror with something else. Um, and and, and I, I think that's really the only way they're going to be big is to be something else that has horror elements in it. Um, I, 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 I just... I don't see horror being the selling point for most games. It might be an added bonus, but if the other thing there isn't there, it's not going to appeal to people because horror fans, you know, there really aren't that many horror fans that follow horror games the, the way that there are shooters or RPGs or racers or platformers or fighters. I, I mean, it's we're talking 20th down the list on horror, probably. There's so many other genres that are well ahead of it in, in fan base. And I don't think that any game will ever be great as a horror game without whatever the other mechanic is there to do it. I mean, Alien Isolation is more of a stealth game to me from what I've seen than it is... Um, a, a horror game. I mean, yes, it has horror elements, but it is not a horror game. It is a um, a stealth game to me. Okay. Um, Adam, what are your thoughts on the survival horror genre? Um, you know, being that we're, well, almost on, on Halloween. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it's another genre that I don't touch myself. Um, I just not a fan. It's really good at getting podcast people that have nothing to do <laughs> with whatever we're talking about. It's just it's it's an unfortunate uh, thing for me. In in this case, the the first two things we went over, I'm I'm not too too interested in. But um, I I have seen a lot of people who are very very interested and and in um not involved, but. Uh, you know they're they're very into these types of games. Um, I know there's a, a Twitch streamer that I, I usually watch, and he'll do a bunch of different games, and then he's decided that this month that he's doing a whole bunch of of the you know horror of the all these types of games um, because he really loves them. And you know you you all you'll always have those people that really love those types of games. There's always going to be a market for them, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say that that the lever be huge um, just like it's like he's like Aaron said because of the the user base isn't necessarily as big as, as some of the other genres but you know that doesn't mean that the the people who do play the games are any less you know enthusiastic about them um, there are some great great horror games that get great reviews um, 
but they're you know they're indie games or they're or you know they're not you know necessarily AAA games, um, and and people love them, but yeah, it's hard to say for me because <laughs> I don't have much interest in them. I can just really say what I've seen from from other people I follow and and whatnot. So, um, is it something uh, that you feel will will ever see more than just a a niche audience or, or just a focused narrow uh, group of, of gamers that, that that like it do you ever see something again like Re Resident Evil 4 uh, which expanded upon the marketplace but was still able to to keep a lot of its uh, survival horror roots um, as opposed to maybe when it, you know Resident Evil 5 and 6 which were just basically glorified action games um, either guys or Adam or um, you know, I think we'll we'll always see games like that. Um, whether or not you know it'll they'll continue to to stay like that, or if you know they will eventually transition to you know horror games with other elements is yet to be seen. I think where the genre is at right now is a pretty good place for it to be, simply because you get the the good quality games out of it, and it's not necessarily something that, you know, a bunch of big studios go after and, you know, try and make this. You still have your missteps, obviously, but I think it's in a good position for people who enjoy those types of games right now to get those good quality games out of it. Um, and Aaron, I mean, with Deep Space, Deep Space uh, was something that is very um, beloved by the critics, was actually a legitimately very scary game, but... And it did spawn two sequels, but it, it also itself, like the Resident Evil uh, series, uh, made itself into an, you know, they for better or for worse. So they went yeah, it went mainstream. Yeah, it went mainstream. Because it couldn't. The problem with any horror game is once it gets to the point where they see the money and they want to go mainstream, they've ruined the horror of the game, which means the horror game is no longer, you know, there. And I, I just, I don't see anybody taking the time to make just a straight-up horror game where the horror is, you know, 70% of the focus um, without, go, you know, having the big budget. Once you get the big budget, everybody's going to want, you know, the AAA returns. And, you know, they're, they're going to sell out the original game and, the, you know, you may have an original game, maybe even a sequel that does does really well, but then you're going to see, you know, Dead Space or what Resident Evil's done, where it turns into basically, you know, Uncharted with with a couple of horror elements in there, which is not a horror game to me. It just I want to be, you know, like I remember when I worked at uh, Target. Uh, one day after close, the loss prevention manager kept the store open, and we all played, um, or they played, and I watched like a hundred feet away because I'm scaredy cat. But you know, they put put uh, I want to say it was Resident Evil three maybe in, in um, the PlayStation, and they, we played it there. And you know, the, the dogs jumped through the window, which is always one of the scariest things in any of those games, um, and our loss prevention manager dropped the controller and screamed like a little girl. Resident Evil doesn't do that anymore. 
You know, Dead Space doesn't do that anymore. You, you may have one moment in the entire game where you're legitimately scared and your heart skips a beat. But the older games, it used to be, you know, it wasn't an onslaught of it because then you get bored of it and it's no longer scary because you expect it. But there were moments that, you know, if you felt semi-safe and then boom, something happened. And none of the games anymore really, really do that. They're all action games, and in an action game, you don't want the downtime, which means you're not really going to get scared because you're expecting something. And it's just, yeah. it, it, it's so hard to do horror properly anymore because our expectations are built up. It's kind of, I mean, horror movies in general have their ups and downs, but, you know, none of them are really, really top tier movies. They're all just kind of, you know, there. And if you like them, you go see them. And yeah, there are some great ones, but they're never really huge. Well, the industry, the film industry, from my observations of that, when they deal with a horror movie like, uh, I believe, Annabelle this weekend, they're only counting on it for one weekend, maybe two tops. And that's it. In fact, a lot of them, they're only counting on it for that Friday release. Because as, um, you know, as was seen this weekend, Annabelle which had a huge Friday over Gone Girl, but by the end of the weekend, Gone Girl had uh, taken the number one spot for the weekend. Um, yes. So so basically, you can shoot uh, these low-budget low horror flicks um, for a minimal amount of money and if you're expecting only a one-day or a one-weekend return on it. Um, so if you know that, that seems to be why they, they're still being released uh, 10, 15, 20 weekends of the year. Uh, conversely, though, when you're talking about a survival horror, survival horror game, unfortunately, the budgetary constraints are... Yeah, well, I mean, when you're making these games, whether it's a shooter MMO like Destiny or a survival horror game like The Evil Within coming out next week, um... You know, they, they they all go have are within basically the same constrained uh, budgetary concerns. So even if you tried to lowball a game like that, you're still talking about something that's that's considerably um, the ratio of of expense and, uh, of expense is still um, considerable when you compare it, let's say, a low budget horror flick to a you know Avengers movie that type deal. Um, so you have to you have to have with these survival horror games to, for in order for them to exist and keep keep going on, uh, you have to have more than just an initial uh, first week or two weeks of success. It has to, as you say, have some legs. And we saw recently with a game that uh, a, a lower budget game, uh, Daylight, um, did not meet its expectations simply because of the fact that. Um, you know, whether it be because of a lack of budget or what have you, just the presentation of it, it was it was not up to standard. And and after the initial couple scares that Chris and Corey had when they were playing it, they did not find the game to their to their their liking at all. So I think that that um, the survival horror genre, as much as as many wanted to become successful again, I think it's going to have a hard time getting that that one game to push over the hump and, and become uh, um, a mainstream hit simply because of all those factors that are weighing against it. 
So, uh, once again, it's Game Source Podcast 107. If you're listening or watching, uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, wanted to uh, go into discussion now uh, in regards to game delays. So we'll be going into game delays here in a second. Uh, I'll let you guys get your thoughts out uh, on that. Or do you see any preparation? Anything? Bueller? <laughs> you guys are all set? Okay. All right, then let's uh, rock and roll with it. Um, game delays. Uh, and uh, over the past few years, uh, in, in more recent times, game delays have been ultimately more and more common in the marketplace. Um, with you know so many titles uh, over the past few years that have been delayed, um, for the most part, most have not been beneficial. Uh, this year has been no exception uh, with titles such as Watch Dogs and Drive Club being, in my opinion, uh, two of the games that are most affected this year uh, financially because of the delays that, that ultimately happened to them. Drive Club is being released this week um, to not a whole lot of fanfare, and even if it did, does score well with the critics, uh, including us, um, it's still ultimately because it's now being so rationed out between a, a free version, PS Plus version, um, things of that nature, and the ultimately the game I think itself, the retail full retail version is going to suffer at the, at the sales market because of its one year delay. Uh, it should have been a launch title. I don't know what problems that were uh, incurred for the team at Evolution that caused its de delay, but ultimately it's it's gone from a game that had some promise as a launch title to something that's going to get overwhelmed here uh, this fall. But that's my opinion on it, um, and Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs itself, there was such a huge amount of hype and huge momentum um, at one time. I was actually uh, speaking to someone in regard to that and uh, last year uh, as an analyst, and they, uh, I, did, I did think because of the sales and pre-orders that an interest gauged on Watch Dogs that I thought it was going to be the number two title of the holiday season. Um, unfortunately, that didn't... Uh, you know that wasn't the case because um, if you looked at that time uh, in October, just before the game was about to be released, and and saw the numbers via Amazon and and, and you saw the pre-orders via VG Charged, whatever, um, it was did have a lot of promise, but ultimately it was delayed. Now, mind you, its series has still done well. It's still going to support a sequel, um, possibly a new IP franchise in and of itself. Kind of disappointed with the way uh, that that got delayed because I I myself ultimately was not interested by the time it came out and I was heavily interested in Watch Dogs initially as a again a launch title. So uh, with other you know titles that have been delayed into next year um, and ones I had mentioned to you guys in our pre-production um, were you know titles like Evolve, The Witcher Three, Batman: Arkham Knight. Um, with those titles and others being mentioned as titles that have been delayed into the next year, how do you think ultimately that that uh, affects those sales overall as compared to what they could have done had they been, gone in their original spot? Um, Adam, I'll start with you. I think for the most part, the the bigger games, you know, the AAA games, you know, they might see a little bit of, uh, of, of financial loss there. Um, but for the most part, I think unless it's unless it's a really long delay, 
you know, say a year or potentially more, um, I, I don't think it makes too much of a difference because you still have, you know, the big, the big marketing um, budgets behind it. You still got the people drumming up the support and the interest in it. So for, for big games, I don't think it's too much of a, a huge deal unless it gets delayed for a long period of time or it gets delayed to a, a, a release window where there's, you know, another big game coming out. Um, for smaller games, I think it would have a huge impact because smaller games really hinge on that word of mouth. And, you know, if, if people are expecting it to come out at a certain date and then it doesn't, you can lose a lot of the interest there. But for the most part, I think the big games probably won't see too much of, of you know, of a loss there. I think personally, when it came to, like I said, with Watch Dogs, I think it did affect it a little bit of the box office simply because uh, it was going to be a November release and people have more open wallets during that, that winter time frame. Right. And yes, it, it, Watch Dogs, technically, until Destiny passed it, I think Destiny has passed it, um, is the number one selling game of the year so far. It's, it's obviously going to get blown away by other titles this year. Um, such as Call of Duty, what have you, um, by the end by the end of this year, so it will be quickly forgotten about. But uh, and the game itself was not as critical a success as they as Ubisoft hoped it would be as well. So whatever fine tuning need to be made, I think uh, should have been maybe held off for some patches and things of that nature. And the game ultimately should have been released during the November uh, period, but. Um, as far as Evolve and Witcher 3, I, I see a problem with that because now you've got a very loaded February and people's, again, their wallets are not as open during that period of time. Right. And even though these can be really great games that get enhanced by the delay, I still see some sales issues ultimately because there's so many titles that are being released during that period of time. And unfortunately, they may not be supported like they would if they all came out in October, November. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about game delays as a whole and, and some of these titles that are getting delayed? I expect them. If a game isn't delayed, I almost sometimes wonder what's wrong with it. Well, you're calling, you're you're calling, Smash, Brothers, you're calling Smash Brothers Wii U delay already. Well, yes. I've been saying that for two months, though. So Some people are saying it's coming out in November. If it's coming out in November, how come no one's heard it's coming out in November yet? I, I mean, yeah, but... I mean, sometimes I think games do have a chance to do better in the spring than the fall. So sometimes the delay is good. Um, I want to say uh, Mass Effect 3 was delayed to, from holiday to spring, and that did really well. One of the Dragon Age games did the same thing. Um, uh, there's quite a few games that have done it. The last, think, the last of Us is the only one that I know in the past couple of years that has really flourished because of the when it got delayed to. When it got delayed to June, like Batman Arkham Knight is going to be next year, the, that, that really flourished uh, you know, abnormally because the summertime usually doesn't support it. Yeah, but I think if you are a really big game and you come out and no one is around you, everybody's going to flock to it. Um, I want to say there was a Grand Theft Auto game years ago that came out in like the end of spring, beginning of summer, and I think it did better then than it would have done you know, waiting six months for the holiday season because it had absolutely no competition. Yeah, there's less money out there, but when you're getting 90% of the money, you know... Uh, 
out of a smaller amount, it's still going to even out to be about as much as, you know, 15% of the money over the holiday season. So it, it really depends on the type of game. I think mature, mature, mature games where parents, you know, stop and think about buying it have a better chance outside of the holiday season, you know, getting delayed or something like that. Because during the holiday season, they might go, ooh, I don't know if I really want to get this for them. I'll wait and hear what, you know, what I hear about it. Whereas, you know, over the summer or, or early, late spring, gamers are just going to go out and buy it. You know, it's going to be the only thing. They're not going to have another option um, in many cases. But I, I, I think... I think the problem with games right now in general is everybody either expects you to have, you know, the the AAA blockbuster or it's an indie title. There is very little in between right now and the games that are there get overlooked because those are the only two things gamers care about is either the AAA title or the indie game and a lot of companies just are not capable of making a AAA title. Um that isn't an actual clone of something else. I mean, look at Destiny. You know, everybody had such huge expectations of it, and it's not. It doesn't feel like a AAA title. I, I mean, yeah, the hype was there for it, and then it came out and it crashed. That's how a lot of games have done. Uh, Titanfall did that. Watch Dogs did that. You know, it, it either has to be you know insanely amazing. Or an indie game that everybody's like, ooh, I played this, I gotta be cool. Um, you know, the, the hipster thing. Uh, it just, there's no room for decent games the way that there was on the PlayStation 2. You know, you either have to be great or you have to be indie and the Kickstarter, things like that, where you have a following, but it's a small following. And then when you come out, you kind of grow from there. Um, I, I just... Ga games as a whole just are not as fun as they used to be because they have to have that insane production value or they tank. Um, and, and I think that's what the delays are, is they're trying to take the game from mediocre to AAA, and they're taking risks, and the risks are absolutely terrible because they don't know how to make a AAA game. Fair enough, Adam. What are your thoughts? Again, um, any you know, as far as game delays are concerned, is this something that uh, you know does it bother you? Was there was there any really game that that you sought out that man? I really wanted that game at the certain date, and then you were like, oh, what a bummer, and then you just never end up picking up that game because, well, like I said, Watch Dogs was that game for me. And uh, is there any game that you say think uh, that has been that way for you as far as it's concerned that cost them money because you didn't pick it up because of ultimately the, the game delay? That is a great question. <laughs> um, I probably have to go through my Steam library to, to see if there's anything like that. Um, it, it really depends. I mean... If it's if it's a game I'm really looking forward to, yeah, I'll be disappointed if it if it gets delayed. Um, but at the same time, you know, if it's if it's something I'm looking forward to, or something like a new iteration of of something that I've already played and already liked, 
I'm still going to get it regardless. Um, and you know, and on the flip side too, there's there's been uh, a game where I had heard about it, and I don't I don't remember if they had set a release date, but um, I had kind of forgotten about it until you know it was uh, pretty much on a Steam sale. And I was like, oh, you know, this looks interesting. And then I, I realized that this was the game that I had heard about way back when. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and I actually went and, and bought it as direct from the developer as I could to pretty much for full price so I could support the developer. Because at the time, you know, it was a game that I was really interested in. So, you know, I, I heard about it. I was really interested in it. I forgot about it for goodness knows how long. I think it was years. Uh, and then found it again and picked it right up. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, see, to me, delays don't bother me because I pre-order a game as soon as I hear about it. Um, you know, I go on to Amazon or GameStop or Best Buy, especially now with uh, Gamers Club Unlocked, they do a lot through Best Buy. Uh, but I'll pre-order a game, like, on Amazon right now. A game gets announced, Amazon puts it up, I pre-order it. Um, I, like, right now I've got uh, two or three games that don't come out until holiday next year. I've got one that doesn't come out till 2016. Um, they'll probably get delayed to 2016 or 2017. I don't care. Um, you know, because I pre-order my games as soon as I, I know I want them. Um, you know, when they get a little closer, you know, about two months out, I will start looking for whoever has the best pre-order bonuses for it. And not in-game stuff. I look for out-of-game content. I, I really hate the ones that do, um, you know, Best Buy has this gun. Amazon has this extra map. GameStop has a whole extra character. I, I really dislike those. Um, I'll actually avoid those games and cancel the pre-order. But a lot of times, I when I see something and I know I want it, I'm going to pre-order it right then and there so that I don't have to worry about the delays and things like that. Um, I, I just really don't feel that the delay is going to bother me personally. It might hurt the hype some, but gamers are so used to delays now that it really... I, I don't think it really affects gamers the way it did 10 years ago. Um, mm. Where we weren't used to it, you know? Game, back then, games used to say, um, we, don't, we're, we, we have no date, we have no date, we have no date. Boom, it's coming out in three months. We're done with the game. We're, we're just putting a couple of finishing touches on it. Here, here's the, the link to it. We're going to start printing the game. Um, go out and buy it then. Now, you know, I, I have heard specific release dates in 2016 for games or movies. And we know they're going to get delayed. We just know they're going to get delayed when they have a firm date more than about three months in advance. If it's got Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts in front of it, yes, that's a guarantee. Well, yeah, and I mean, some of the annuals don't follow those rules. I mean, Madden will come out on that date every single year. You know, Whether you with, like it a, or not. Yeah, within a week or two of that, it's going to um, come out then. Um, you know, your, your Assassin's Creed is going to come out in the holiday season. Your 
ah, that was bright. <laughs> you can see I'm playing around with these Google. You can see I'm taking around, playing around with these Google features. I'm like, you know, okay, you, while we're here, <laughs> you know, your 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 all your sports games, assuming they're going to come out that year, because so many of them don't come out anymore. Um, you know, if the, the annual games are are a little different than, than major games, but the games that have you know a two, three, four year development cycle. And we hear about them. You know, they announced this game. Ooh, ah, we're not going to see it for three years. Year and a half out, they're like, oh, it's going to be holiday next year. The summer before, you know you're getting a delay until spring or holiday even of the, of the next year. Um, and I don't think gamers trust dates until we're within, you know, a, a month or two of the game. Or in the case of Lionhead Studios, two months after the game is supposed to come out, we finally hear about the delay. Of course. Uh, what was it? It's fabled. It took took them like two and a half, three weeks to announce the delay, and the Something game like the release date had already come. It's like what the heck? How, oh, um, by the way, how's that pre-order for um, uh, the Last Guardian doing for you? Hey, hey. It's doing very, very well. <laughs> I don't think it actually ever pre-ordered it, so... I mean, uh, that, that game to me, it looks like a fun game, but I don't see it as a $60 game. You never do. But, I, I, I mean, game, game companies expect every game to do super well, and they think they're, you know, a finely oiled machine, and they're not. You know, so many developers bounce around in companies, and then you have to retool the game because this person did something and nobody wants them to have credit for it, so now we're retooling the game. Um, I, I think there's a lot of behind-the-scenes crap that goes on. Um, oh, what was the, the Kurt Schilling studio out in Rhode oh, Island? 38, 38 Studios. Yeah, 38. Um, I kept wanting to say oh, The Kingdoms of Mamalore, they had an MMO which went... <laughs> And then the whole thing with, and then the, uh, you know, against the, uh, they have issues with the state, and they went under. Because everybody and, thinks they can yeah. make, you know, that AAA title that everybody's going to flock to. But they they, they can't. They're, they're not going to. And when people realize that it's not a AAA title, they try and hold it back and make it a AAA title. But if you don't have the top-tier talent to do that, you Although can't. Although Kingdoms of Lamalur was pretty good. I, I give it. That. It was good, but it was not a AAA title. You know, it was not. You know, Bioware quality. You know. Okay. Fair enough. It, it there's everybody thinks that they can be. You know, Bioware, Blizzard, Nintendo, um, Naughty Dog. Some of those companies that you they could announce a game ten years from now. I would go out and pre-order it because I know it's going to be a good game. Um, you know, whereas uh, Square, you know, you used to be able to say that, and now you can't. Um, especially in the, their RPG series, but everybody wants to make the next, you know, AAA title that's going to dethrone Call of Duty, and they, they just aren't capable of doing it, and when they realize that the game isn't going to do that, they, they, they change things. Yeah, they, they change things, and maybe that original game was actually better, and they've retooled the entire game, and it's garbage. 
So, I mean, I think delays don't hurt the game. I think it's what they do with those the delays that hurts the game because they, they, they try and, you know, they take a, maybe a B-minus game and they try to make it, you know, the A++++ game and it ends up being a D because they just, they, they take something that is decent, they take the risk to get it to the best next level and, and it backfires. But I'm also bitter at games right now. It certainly sounds like it. Nobody's made a... What's the last great, you know, jaw-dropping game that came out? I can't think of one in the last couple of years. Yeah. And, and, well, Shadow Mordor was, was really a great game for me, uh, but I can understand if people uh, seem that it's not quite meeting their expectations, but uh, I'm telling you right now, it, it's meeting a lot of people's, um, and it's certainly going to be I, what I think the surprise here of the year. Um, and, yes, uh, I, I think anybody agree. that wants to go out, uh, you know, whether they say they're ripping off uh, Batman games or Assassin's Creed games, what have you, and, oh, it doesn't yeah, matter. All those games ripped off the games before that that ripped off the games before exactly. that ripped it, off that ripped off you know, choose they're your own adventure books. And so, I mean... They're all derivatives of each other, so... Yeah. Um, I, one last thing before we go, guys, for this evening. Um, Kickstarter recently uh, announced over yes. the past week that... Uh, their suck. Yeah, that their numbers suck. About uh, almost half, if I'm not mistaken, uh, what they were doing previously as far as funding to Kickstarter projects. Um... Do you guys, in a nutshell, see Kickstarter dying in the near future? I know there's some success stories, and I know, Aaron, you've interviewed some uh, within the recent, uh, recently. Three of them in the uh, last two months or so, yeah. Exactly. With some, some our friend Rob at the NES Club with uh, their upcoming hit film, documentary film, which you should go see, by the way. Um, <laughs> when it Nintendo comes out Quest. next year. Yes, Nintendo Quest. Uh, and also uh, 8-Bit Heroes uh, with Joe Granato. Yes. And if you didn't get a chance to see the interview explaining the new 8-Bit Heroes, it's right on our YouTube page. It's also on our podcast page. But, Adam, what do you think as far as going on with Kickstarter? Do you think it's just a, uh, for lack of a better term, a fad that, that's going away? Or do you see something uh, more like Star Citizen, which you know initially offered was asking for under a million dollars, and now they're going $55 million strong and then some. Do you see more projects like that being successful, or do you see it being a much harder time going forward for anybody trying to utilize Kickstarter? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's plateaued uh, for, I guess, lack of a better explanation. It's, there's, no, there's not really a, uh, a, a benefit, per se, to just being on Kickstarter, because like previously it was, oh, you're on Kickstarter, you know, that was the big pull, that was the big thing. Whereas now it's, oh, you're on Kickstarter. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you're it, crowdfunding, you're begging for money, right? Can't it, have it, through the internet. So many people are, are are aware of it now. It's it's not necessarily the the big deal that it used to be. Um, I don't see it going away, um, but I don't like I said, I don't see it being the big pull to to help a project. Um, you know, you're always going to have those big successes, either with games or, or even outside the, the games projects. 
Um, it's it's really just down to what the individual person or studio or whatever can do to get the word out. Um, you know, you got a good you know good ideas, good marketing team behind it. You can get the money you're asking for, but if you don't, you know, if you and, and even sometimes if you do get a decent amount of media, it's still really hard to get the funds you need. Um, I saw a project that you know was only asking for I think like seven grand, and you know it was a it was a, a NES style game, an NES style game, um, original IP, everything like that. You know, every has the makings of of getting its its funding. Um, you know, 100%, but it ended with, you know, I think 1% or 2% funded. And it's in part just because I don't think they had a whole lot of press going on. They had some people, you know, saying, you know, posting about it. And even Red Bull had posted uh, it about it in an article of, you know, 10 best games on Kickstarter to watch or something like that. Uh, and they still, like I said, only had like 1% to 2% funding. Um, whereas they also were on Steam Greenlight at the same time, and that went a lot better. Uh, I think if everybody who voted for it in Steam Greenlight had given like a dollar or two, they would have gotten funded. But unfortunately, it didn't translate from Steam Greenlight to Kickstarter and probably vice versa. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see it as the big drive. I don't see Kickstarter as the big drive. Um, I think we're going to see successes still, but they're not going to be because of Kickstarter. They're going to be because of the the marketing and the word of mouth that they can get out there. Good point. Absolutely. Uh, well said. And uh, I, I do think with uh, projects such as Nintendo Quest and also as well the new 8-Bit Heroes, it was because of their efforts in marketing it um, in fact, congratulations to Joe for this week actually getting over their Kickstarter goal. Uh, very happy to hear that. And uh, also as well, Nintendo Quest, you know, was able to meet its goal. So their their project is actually going to move forward and become, like I said, an outstanding documentary uh, for everybody, all you know, gamers especially to watch coming up. Aaron, uh, your final thoughts on the you know the Kickstarter phenomenon? Do you think it's uh, fading fast? I think gamers are a little weary of Kickstarters now that they don't want to fund the you know we want a million dollars to make this game, we want five hundred thousand dollars to make this game because so many of the big ones have crashed recently. Um, you know, for for every Mighty Number no. Nine that still looks strong and is going and looks like it's going to be a phenomenal game, you're going to get the, you know, probably three or four Yogcast adventures where the guy basically took everybody's money and ran away. I mean, that that's what he did. He's never made a game before. He had another full-time job, and he basically just took everybody's money and, and ran. Uh, he says he's declaring bankruptcy and he's lost his wife and all this other bullshit. But it's like, you've not done anything with the money. Just, just to kind of chime in on that, um, I've I've heard kind of you know things on, on both sides of, of that specific project, both from the the you know Yogscast people and and from the developer. So I don't think that's necessarily a, a clear example of you know someone taking the money and running, well, but yes. Just yeah, I, I do agree. 
yeah, I do agree that the that you know Let's that didn't work out. Though. Right, and that was you know it was a lot of money, and that didn't work out. And I, I don't think that there was a huge, you know, a, a huge resolution there where the people got refunded. It just kind of, you know, the, the money is gone essentially. <laughs> and then yeah. you have, and then you have guys like Angry Nick who call me one day and you know are frustrated by the fact that that we live in a in a universe where there's uh, so many uh, websites out there that that want the best for you and so many others that don't comes to me and calls me in and asks uh, hey Gerald I said hey Nick what's up he says well I really want game source to go places and I said well here we are we have a great uh, a great following, growing every day. We're most appreciative of everybody out there uh, supporting us and watching us. In fact, the viewers who are watching tonight or the people that are listening, uh, thank you so much. Hey, Gerald, can we go and do a Kickstarter? For what? To get money. <laughs> and to I what? said, to, for, uh, I'm hoping for, you know, his, his you know, inclination was for Game Source. Uh, you know, to to try and become uh, uh, more entrenched in the the gaming website marketplace, and I asked him. So, you know, the usual deal with Kickstarter is if you give X amount, you're going to give Y amount in return or something of substantial uh, nature to people. You and then I heard you silence. do a podcast with us. <laughs> and then I heard silence. And that pretty much ended that discussion. So, <laughs> I think the biggest I, problem with, with Kickstarters, though, to totally interrupt you, is mm -hmm. gamers are jaded by them because, you know, we it's not like pre-ordering where, oh, that game looks bad, I can cancel it. It's not like you can take your money back from a Kickstarter. And while I believe the first, you know, couple years worth, People were, were were still in that honeymoon phase of it. You know, I, I think there have been some major cancellations. Gamers are a bit jaded. A lot of the games are not as good as originally anticipated. And, and I think Kickstarter for games is probably going to die down. Now, if Cliffy B came out and said he was doing a, a Kickstarter, yeah, that thing's going to get like $10 million um, in funding. But I don't think that you know, random guy who's never made a game before, you know... Or Angry Nick, for that matter. Or Angry Nick. But Angry Nick isn't trying to make a game, hopefully. God, I hope not. That would be a terrible game. But, you know, I, I just we, think we, that people's we, perceptions... We actually thought of that one time. We actually thought of making an Angry Nick game, but uh, need but I digress. I, I, I just think gamers... Uh, Kickstarter has gone from huge indie to kind of, you know, mid-tier. You know, it's kind of grown itself from being an indie place to where people want to make AAA titles now, and they are asking for insane amounts of money, and they aren't going to get that funding. Um, I mean, Nightwing the series, that I, the interview I did with uh, Danny Shepard, it's not been out a week. It's got 250,000 hits in a week, you know, so I think Kickstarter and sites like it can do some good things. The, the NES Club documentary 
looks amazing. You know, they're just trying to figure out distribution and legal and things like that. I, I think it has the potential to do good things in the right people's hands. The problem is people saw, you know, Mighty Number no. 9, um, the, the, the star game you were just talking about that made $55 million. Uh, goddess, things like that where people just follow it in droves and they're like, ooh, I'm an accountant, I can go do that. I, I, I want to go get all this money and make a video game because I think I can make a game. I don't think those people are going to get funded. I think those people have cut back. Um, the article I read on, on Kickstarter recently said for the first six months of this year, um, you know, we're looking at about a third of what happened all of last year. So you double that, and the amount of projects funded is going to be about two-thirds of what was last year. But for the first six months, we've only done a quarter of the money that they did all of last year, so double that to make the full year. We're only looking at half. I think gamers are going to be more happy with smaller projects than, you know, the $100,000-plus projects. I, I, I think, you know, $30,000 is probably where most gamers are going to be okay with um, w with funding. But uh, I could go on about Kickstarters for hours because I think they are awesome and I think they are horrible. It just depends on who is the guy doing it. You know, Danny with Nightwing, Joe with 8-Bit Heroes, Robin J with the NES Club. Those guys made that Kickstarter. You know, they went out, they put their boots to the ground, and a lot of people just expect to be the Kickstarter for potato salad where it just takes off because it looks silly. And, you know, I mean, he, he, the, the potato salad one blew up because it was stupid. And everybody thinks that they're going to have, oh, my God, it's on Kickstarter, I'm going to get a billion trillion dollars. And they're not. People are getting serious about what they invest in. Because it is an investment to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, we want to thank everybody who has watched tonight's broadcast, who will watch tonight's broadcast when it's you know put up on our YouTube page um, as a tape broadcast, and also everybody who's listened to this as an MP3 as part of our normal world-famous Game Source podcast, number 107. So for me, uh, yes, Elvis lives. If you have any questions or comments, or you just don't like the way Wreck and Ralph is behind my wall, uh, please send us a comment. You're a moron because Wreck and Ralph is awesome. Yeah, I know you watched it the other night. If I do, if I'm correct, or were you tempted to? I did watch it. I told myself I wasn't going to, and it's like, yeah, right. I'm totally watching. Yes. Okay, so it's, uh, it, it, just send us an email at info at yourgamesource.com. Also as well, uh, Game Source on Facebook. If you get a chance, please like us or follow us. We can always use the love. It's much appreciated. And uh, remember, check out our website. It's so well, www.yourgamesource.com. So for me, yes, Elvis lives. Aaron, OSU Water Polo. And Cracked. <laughs> All right. Got to get you a nickname. Got to get you a nickname or an oh, AKA. I've got a nickname, but uh, we'll worry about that later. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, thank you for listening, watching, however you've been able to get this broadcast. Uh, thank you so much, and have yourself a great day. 
Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest and latest in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.